Hi, my name is Agile, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon, and I believe you should too. Just go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner just French fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, my great friends and co-hosts, Mo. Hey, everybody. And George. Hey, how's it going, guys? The backtrack edition of the show is, as you know, where we pick a single nostalgic topic we remember fondly growing up as a Gen Xer and dig in deep on that. This episode, it's the Christmas season, and we're going to look back fondly on our favorite toys we ever got as Christmas gifts. Before we do that, though, we have some business to take care of. First and foremost, being the Christmas season, it's the end of the year. Our contest, our fourth quarter, fourth listener drive, is almost come to an end. Uh Uh-oh. That's right. It's down to the wire. We have a few entrants. There is a front runner, but you have plenty of time. Look, it's the holiday season. In this contest, you have the chance to pick your very own backtrack topic and win a Gen X Grown Up (laughs) t-shirt and be our boss for an episode. Yeah, just do the t-shirt. Just... (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to talk him out of this. I'm sure you're not. I know, I know. All you've got to do is recruit a new listener. Maybe he doesn't listen to the show. Tell them about us and have them email us at podcast at genxgrownup.com, giving you the credit for Mm. telling them about us. We're keeping a leaderboard, and once the new year hits, we're going to give the winner the chance to be our boss and pick that backtrack episode. George, what kind of show do you think the winner is going to choose? Um, (laughs) I know you love to speculate. I think they're probably going to choose a backtrack all about the game Galaga. That's my (laughs) guess. <laughs> Unless you're the winner, George, I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> There's still time. Look, it's the holidays. You're traveling. You're seeing friends and family you don't always see. What a great time to let them know and share the joy that you have listening to the show with them and give a chance to win the contest and some swag. We hope you will. It's been very productive so far. Just one more week to finish it up, and then we won't talk about it anymore. We'll just have to talk about the winner, and that could be you. Why not? Speaking of emailing us, we have a couple of fourth listener emails. One of my favorite parts of the show, as you all know, and some of these are going to be a little tough to read because once again, what? it's listeners Uh-oh. agree Don't with George. Oh, oh, you yeah. said it. What, what is you it? said oh, it. Yeah. Well, George's ears <laughs> perked right up. <laughs> yep. I'm feeling better. So let's start with Kyle. Kyle writes in and says, hey, guys, couldn't not reach out to you after listening to the latest backtrack on Weird Al. Been a huge Al fan for many years. My mouth literally dropped to the floor when George listed his honorable mention, therefore telling me that the saga begins was not in the top three. Mm-hmm. How dare you? I could not agree with George more. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> oh right, Kyle. Thank you very oh much. Oh my God. George is to be insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> more than usual. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to that evil laugh. Kyle goes on to say, as amazing as Amish Paradise is, not going to argue with your number one, the saga begins at bare minimum deserve a spot in the top five. We can yes. all agree Phantom Menace sucked, but at least it gave us this song. Absolutely. That was my whole point. <laughs> I can't hear American Pie without slipping in a few lyrics from the parody. Side note, <laughs> looking forward to your possible future backtrack episode on Weird Al's 
originals, don't sleep on the good old days. Oh, good song. Good song. <laughs> no hard feelings. Still going to listen. Oh, Kyle. <laughs> and, and get this. Hashtag F4L. Oh, nice. Forever fourth listener. Forever nice. fourth listener. Love it, Kyle. Nice. Thank you. Even though you agree with George. What do you love you wrote in. Shut yeah. the hell up, no, even no, especially though. Especially even though. See, yeah. If you accuse me of filtering the emails, I wouldn't read these if I was filtering them, George. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Let the hits keep on coming because that's not the only email we got about the Weird Al oh, podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. So it can't be two and one. We can't do two agree with George in one show. We're, we're going to do two. We, we've got about seven about the Weird Al podcast, <laughs> let me tell you. But let's move on to Slow Mo, longtime friend of the show, fourth listener and patron. Subject of the email, Weird Al Top 10. And he says, <clears throat> the good colon Amish paradise definitely deserves a top spot okay good the bad colon John and George don't give smells like Nirvana even one point yes not even one thank you the song (laughs) and especially the video are brilliant yes they are you go on and on about the quality of the video and can't even give it one point for crying out loud there were kazoos in that song and and it worked oh slow I'm with you brother I'm with you 100% you're right only because of what they did on Saga Begins that's the only reason why I was like okay fuck it you're not getting any of your songs on this list and if I don't get Saga Begins that's it oh it was just a grudge uh, match it was a that grudge point. thing yeah ours is on principle oh. his is on just yeah right. but slow-mo wasn't done his Uh-oh. third entry is we had the good and the bad the ugly colon while not one of my all-time favorite Weird Al tunes the Saga Begins absolutely positively should be in the top ten yes I felt bad for George <laughs> however oh good oh, 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 he's a however when awesome. I heard that he didn't give Smells Like Nirvana even a point it pretty much changed my mind. <laughs> karma, George. Karma. <laughs> uh, but uh, see, that would be accurate if you guys had not given it a point before I had not given Smells Like Nirvana a point. It was the other way around. So it can't be karma because I chose that after uh, I saw no, no, that it was you guys pre- wouldn't it, give Saga it, any it points. It was pre-karma. No, it was not pre-karma. <laughs> That's not a karma. Thing. <laughs> Preemptive karma. Preemptive karma. Uh, he says, anxiously awaiting to hear Mr. Frump in the Iron Lung in a future Oh, podcast. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Proud to be a fourth listener. Slow mo. <laughs> oh, good awesome. gracious. Yeah, the Weird Al Yankovic backtrack definitely got some reactions from our fourth listeners, and you'll hear more of those in upcoming episodes. Uh, we oh, almost I'm need sure. a like Weird Al email podcast. Let me tell you, there's a lot of them in there. <laughs> we sprinkle them in in New Year. We know our audience, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. It's time to get into our favorite Gen X Christmas toys right after this. Ho, ho, ho. Hope you all have had a wonderful <laughs> oh, Christmas. Sh- We're no. recording this just no. <laughs> What's no, wrong? you're not doing it that way. We're not. We're not going. What's there. wrong with ho, ho, ho? I'm going to start with a ho, ho. Uh, it's just OK. Cheese. Come on. <laughs> We, we live on cheese. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's our brand. Speaking of knowing our audience, pure cheese. <laughs> We're recording this just a few days before Christmas, but you're listening to it the day after Christmas. Right. So we hope you will indulge us because what we want to do in this podcast episode is reminisce on some of our favorite Gen X era toys that we personally received under the Christmas tree. Yeah. See, I think this is appropriate for after Christmas because this is like, you know, you come back to school after Christmas and you talk about all the great things you got. What did you get? What did you get? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why I Try kind of and sneak it's... some in your backpack on your way yep. to school so you could show everybody. <laughs> then get in trouble when you got home because it got broken or stolen or lost or something. Oh, yeah. I did every single one of those things. Yeah, yes. me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> 
And it runs the gamut. So what we all did is we picked a few of our favorites. What I thought was really cool on the list is even though we're all kind of of the same mind and we're kind of <laughs> cut from the same mold, the spectrum of different sorts of toys and play sets and things that we have in this list really run the gamut of the types of toys that kids get for Christmas. And, I, and they're all Gen X classics, I think, to a T, every single one of them. <laughs> and some of them are still around. Some of them are gone. So let's not delay any further. I want to kick right off. George, we'll start with you. One of your favorite Christmas gifts that you got as a Gen X youth. Yeah, I mean, one of the my favorite gifts that I got of all time, I still actually have the original gift, was my wow. Trivial Pursuit board game. Oh, wow. I love Trivial Pursuit. I'm a like big, big Trivial one Pursuit the, the, guy. The, the blue box the with blue the old box, writing on it. The, yep, with the, first the board one. that unfolds into four pieces, you mm-hmm. know, and all like that. And it has the little wedges and the little circles that you put the wedges in when you get the question right and everything. And yep. you're trying to get to the middle of the board and answer the ultimate question. Infuriating. Infuriating yes. that game. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It came out in 1979. I didn't get it as a Christmas gift until around 1985, I think it was, right when I started high school. And it actually ended up serving me really well during high school in my junior and senior year. I ended up on the Brain Bowl team, which is, you know, one of those teams where you go and answer a bunch of questions, you know, at a competition and stuff. And we used to use Trivial Pursuit in our training sessions for those competitions. We would, you know, just pull out the cards and start asking each other questions. And it was amazing how well it helped. But I loved the game. My only difficult part of receiving that as a gift was I only had at that point, you know, my parents around me because we lived out on a farm. Ah, find the players. Neither of them (laughs) wanted to play the game that much. So it really just became me reading and memorizing the facts on the cards most of the time. Ah, yep. They changed the box over time. They changed the the kind of structure of the game over time. Mm But I, I know exactly what I can picture it. It's just it's plain blue, little gold letters. Yeah. And that was yep. it. There was no extra artwork. It, it felt like a classy game, didn't it? Like it was it did. Yeah, it was an upscale board game. I remember we got that game and we I made a mistake of playing with my dad. And <laughs> it was like, you know how you get those questions that you just you, you're like already like, ha, there's no way they're going to get this. And then he knows it. <laughs> and I will never forget this for the rest of my life. It was the question was, who lives at 11 Downing Street? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm like, who the frick would know? this and my dad thought about it and he's like that would be the chancellor of the s checker and first off i'm like who the hell is the chancellor of the s checker <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like and i looked at the back and that was the answer i was like how did you know that he's like well i know 10 down the street's the prime minister and then mm-hmm. i'm like uh, okay i was like i'm not no, playing no one should again. know that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like, unless you, you know are that? the chancellor you should not know that exactly <laughs> that's what made that game great though and it was those different categories there was the literature category there was the mm-hmm. science category. There was arts history, and yep. arts and leisure. Yeah, I mean, and of course, if the sports category came up, that was the one I was like, okay, I got this sports category, no problem. Although and the sports ones sometimes be, are just bizarre, though. They were, they were <laughs> odd. Like, who won the curling championship yeah. in Canada in 1923? <laughs> like, what the hell is curling? Right. Because I'd never which horse it won point. the triple crown? For, I'm like, yeah. I don't know. In 1921, <laughs> uh, yeah. you just kind of hope that you slumdog millionaire your way to a win. I mean, that was really the only <laughs> <laughs> most of the time I just hope that I wasn't as dumb as the other people because I've always felt dumb playing it <laughs> so I have one that I want to talk a little bit about which is, I mean people are still getting these today how I still get Legos today right mm-hmm. oh sure yeah when I was a kid I was super just head over heels for the original classic Lego space sets <gasps> you got those 
Oh, I, I, I had so many of those. Okay, oh this my is going to sound awful, but I am so freaking jealous. <laughs> well, let me tell you more then. I, didn't get, I wanted those so badly. <laughs> I was a Lego fanatic since I, forever, as long as I can remember. But the, the Lego space, the classic space, and that's like in the Lego movies, that's Benny. He's a classic Lego yeah, minifigure, yeah. right, Benny? And they had so many cool sets, and they were just all, I feel like they just had, they made some new plates, some angled little gray plates, mm-hmm. and they put a bunch of NASA nerds in a room and go, build a bunch of space. Ships. Yeah. And I specifically remember that one year I got two, I probably got more sets, but two key sets I remember was the Starfleet Voyager which is this Ooh, big two-part with a yeah. pod that drops out of it, and the Beta-1 command base that had a monorail, for heaven's sake. A little oh, monorail that's that would awesome. go back and forth. So it's it's between, uh, like, the time you get out for Christmas and Christmas, it's that week or so when you're out of school. I'm home by myself. It's like I can pick it up and shake it and hear the Legos. It killed me for a week. That week <laughs> felt like a month oh. knowing those Legos were there. But you didn't know what they were yet, right? No, I knew they were space Legos. That's oh, all yeah. that mattered. Yeah, and I knew that. But you, Legos are unmistakable under the tree you shake them and you're like oh that's legos you know because you can't yeah you can't, yeah, you mute, can't hide that you can't mute a lego <laughs> and they did disappoint on christmas morning man i remember opening up everything else that i got and then like sequestering myself in my room building spaceships with legos and yeah i, I today like I, christmas doesn't go by that i don't get at least one lego set just for nostalgia but that's the ones that i remember the most i'm sorry to make you jealous mo but yeah. they were awesome they, they, they were, deserve they your were. jealousy they were awesome yeah, absolutely is well well placed <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you so one of my favorite gifts I got was along the same lines. It was another Erector set, but it was, it's not, I won't call it an off brand, but it's definitely not as big as Lego. Um, okay. And they were called Fisher Technic, which was a company mm. out of Germany. My dad found these sets in some toy store in New York that only one toy store ever sold them in the United States or something like that. And he got me a set and basically they're Erector sets that you build actual things with like cars or, and it had like motors in it too, that you actually put gears oh, together. Cool. Yeah. And make huh, things go right. and they had like pulley systems and you can put rubber bands around pulleys and make these weird contraptions and these kind of Rube Goldbergish kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff I always wanted growing up. I never got one of those. Oh, this was awesome. <laughs> so I still remember because I had a tendency of like losing and breaking a lot of toys as a kid. <laughs> um, just was. Really? Oh, yeah. Now, see, I, I, I would pin that on George being the guy that clubbed people with his lunchbox. I wouldn't wow. have pinned you for that. <laughs> no, I had to keep my weapons in shape. I didn't lose or break anything. I needed right, to know right. where that baseball bat was. So, my, but my dad got me this, this set and there's a lot of small pieces. And he said that if I kept the set together every Christmas or birthday, he'd get me another set. And? And let me tell you, when I was done playing with that sucker, every piece went right back where it belongs. <laughs> and for years afterwards, I got like, cause they had like an electronics one that had lights and stuff. And you can make like a car with like headlights that came on and all that stuff. I mean, it was awesome. There's few things in the world quite as effective as bribing a child. So yeah. if there's a way to trick them into taking care of their stuff, he did it. Good it job. totally worked. It totally worked. <laughs> there was another one that, uh, that I recall that, man, I still want one of these today. And you have seen something like it. So the toy was called the Whammo Magic Window. Does that even ring a bell at all? Well, I mean, I know no. the company Whammo. Whammo. Sure, Whammo. Okay, the Frisbees and everything. Thing, yeah. right? But magic okay. window? No. Yeah. So this was like an oval, looked like a like a pie plate. It was oval and clear. And inside of it, it was two pieces of plastic together. And between them, they had these different densities of sand, some white, black, and blue sand in it. And you could rotate this thing and make patterns that look like snowfall or mountains or trees. Mm. I'm sure you've seen like the, you know, the, the tchotchke store where you have, you know, next to the snow globes and crap, they have little things with sand in them that oh, you yeah, can you make. Oh, you know, yeah, like 
all over them upside down. down and kind of, and yeah. Right. But this was novel because it kind of used the physics of these different densities of sand. They would flow at different rates and they would oh, so break gravity really. at different times. Yeah, they didn't mix up. I mean, you could shake the crap out of it, but if you turned it like a steering wheel a few times, it would separate. Oh, I'm looking at a picture of it now. I remember that. Okay. Yes. 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 Let me tell you, they go for like $150, 200 in wow. the box. They go for like 80 bucks used and chipped. I really, like I want one. My problem is I don't want a garbage one. I, I would love to get one again because when I got that one for Christmas, like I looked, they were like $349 at the Woolworths. They were they were throwaway toys. It was like, are <laughs> right. we got him the good stuff? Let me get him this thing because it's neat and current. But that thing, that had a prominent position in my entire childhood because I never put it away. It was always on a table or in the living room or in the dining room or in my room or right next to where I was playing video games because I always played with it. It was like the thing you played with when it wasn't your turn. Man, there is a used one of those right now on Etsy, John, for $375. Used. For, yeah, I'm telling you. Well, they're all used, right? <laughs> well, of course it's used. You know, it was 1970. You know? And they were like three bucks new. Oh, God. So, yeah, Whammo Magic Window is something Ooh. that more than just being a cool Christmas toy, I remember getting it and at the time at Christmas going, meh, that's cute. And then it ingrained itself as a permanent part of growing up in that era. And it sat right next to every other thing I played with. And I will get a new one one day. I mean, it's almost like one of those Zen things, it right? Because you, just, yeah, sort of, you right. just stare at it as it does its thing, you know? <laughs> it's, you sort of move on from there. I always love those little toys too. The one, you know, you flip them around or you press a button and they squirt some water up through them or something. I always love those kind of things. Those were so much fun. Oh yeah. And it's the simplicity of like the, George, you've talked about clicking the three and a half inch diskette. It's like something, right. it becomes just friendly and the sound of it. And this was, you know, there's this little whoosh of the of the sand in Tank there. It's yeah. awesome. So uh, so fourth listener, send your whammo magic window to Genesis Road. <laughs> <Hero. laughs> One day, one day. Whammo presents Aquajet, the first of its kind anywhere. A jet airplane that really flies by water pressure from your garden hose. Set up the launching tower in your backyard, hook up an ordinary hose, and zoom! When you turn the faucet or throttle, you're a jet pilot. Sold at all toy, drug, and apartment stores, the new Aquajet by Whammo. Like you said earlier, John, we were kind of all cut from the same cloth, more or less. So I'm sure we all yeah. have like a lot of electronic gizmos oh, yeah. and toys oh, yeah. that we got, yeah. right? Because, okay. That was what we grew up with, right? Oh, yeah. Probably absolutely. no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> Mine, which definitely is going to age me here, <laughs> is Christmas morning. We got up. My dad got a gift for me and my brothers, which was usually a sign of disaster. One <laughs> gift for all four of us. Yeah. Right. Yep. But let me tell you, we opened up and it was one of the original Pong sets. Oh, the one that would hook to your TV, right? Yep. The TV yeah. Pong, right? The TV, and it had like the hockey oh, version. Nice. You know, yeah. Was, the one that had yeah. the overlays that you would lay on the screen? No, no. This one actually did everything on the screen. So it was not oh, the, okay. like the old, old one, but it was pretty old. Gotcha. Yeah. And I look back now, it had like like the hockey version and it had like the regular Pong and it had like a Pong with a wall in between the two. It was just <laughs> handball, which handball, was just one yeah. player Pong against right. a wall. Right? <laughs> I mean, I look back today and I'm trying to figure out how the hell we spent days and days playing that thing. I don't see how that was difficult. I, no. I, right there oh, yeah, with looking you. Now yeah. I look at Pong. I mean, Pong could keep my attention for like maybe five minutes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but back then. But I mean, it was we, a revolution. Oh, it, it was. was yeah. It was. And and the fact that it was for like, just four of us. So we would just have competitions and, you know, see who's get the best. and Leaderboard and yeah. tournaments. And, and tournaments. <laughs> well, no, exactly. Like, we go to these conventions all the time, like Southern Fried Gaming Expo. And, you know, they always have a console room. Yeah. And there's almost always a 
a pong game and yeah. the last time i went to one i played it with my youngest son and we played it for like 30 minutes i mean we just sat there and played <laughs> pong and he was like this is a game that you guys liked when you were growing up i'm like this was the shit <laughs> man. Are you kidding me? this was the game this was the game <laughs> And you had, to, you had the back, you had to hook it up to the, the antenna, like the two screws, you had to screw right. it to oh, the yeah. back of the TV, yeah. all that stuff. And you had the little switcher box so you could watch regular TV. That's the one that always gets me when I show them how you had to connect these things to the old TVs. <laughs> yep. And they're like, there's no HDMI? I'm like, no, there's no HDMI. It's like when we did get wires, it was three wires. We didn't have right. one yeah. wire. It wasn't, yeah, it was just three. <laughs> Yellow, red, and white, baby. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so how about you, George? What was your electric? experience well no surprise the very first electronic system i got was probably the one that a lot of people got and that's the atari 2600 oh yeah i did get it christmas oh, year the christmas of the year it came out in 1977 oh wow oh. Yep, yep, I, yep. I just remember being the most popular kid on the block, of course. All the kids coming over. Oh, my God, look at combat. And just playing and playing. And <laughs> it has color. Yeah. <laughs> just so much fun. I was watching a YouTube video the other day on somebody refurbishing an old Atari 2600. I saw that, yeah. And they yeah. opened it up, and I was looking at them like, there is nothing There's inside nothing in that. it. <laughs> Holy hell. That's crazy. But, yeah, still today, one of my favorite games, Yars Revenge. Got that yeah. game. and. Oh. Still play that game as much as I can. I love that. I just think the Atari 2600 was, I don't know, it was a revolution. That was truly a revolution because it was the first cartridge game, right? Mm -hmm. And it created a mindset that allowed us to get to what we have now, which is, I do feel sad that because I also blame the 2600 for being the first cog in the wheel of destroying arcades because as those systems got better and yeah. better it became yeah, that's, why that's am fair. i going to the arcade because yeah. this is better at home and i don't have to put quarters into it i think that that kind of we go to arcades now and what are they they're just ticket redemption pieces of crap they're not arcades first of all right that's not yeah. an arcade. actual business storefront arcades are just they're dave and buster stuff yeah, yeah. you give yep. me a pinball arcade or a video game arcade that's an arcade but i still loved my atari 2600 it's one of the best presents i ever got growing up yeah, and just i'll like remember it finally forever do you remember opening it do you remember the morning oh yeah i remember <laughs> everything about it absolutely <laughs> yeah awesome i still were you know opening that box and then seeing what it was and you know like you see the videos on youtube of the kids just having a fit as they that was you the gift. oh yeah that was how i felt yeah was it so it was a surprise to you you didn't know you were getting Completely it you surprised. wanted it yeah awesome that's the yeah. best <laughs> i didn't even really like i knew i wanted it but i really didn't know what it was yeah back okay. then it was like this weird like i was trying to figure it out that's basically, right. right you say it's a video game console you're like what now what the hell is a do? video game console oh, that's a good point oh i didn't it think it had only been yeah. hanging out in sears for a couple of months at that point because it came out in like september or something like that yeah that sounds right it was also expensive Ooh. for the time I mean, you go to Kmart or Sears or whatever, and they'd have one out there that you could play. But I'd probably only been a couple of times because it's not like right. you went to Kmart or Sears every week. You know, you didn't go there that often back then. Yeah. So only when you need new pants. Right. <laughs> I, I need socks. So I didn't really understand until I unboxed it, read all the instructions, oh, wow. figured out how to hook it up. And then, of course, once my father realized what my mother had talked him into buying me, 
he was pissed. Because we only had one TV. <laughs> oh, no. And once I got that oh, no. hooked up, oh. he wasn't getting that TV back all day. And there was nothing he could do about it. I predict you getting a TV came very shortly after that. It wasn't that far. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was a gift? It was for your dad. For your dad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It wasn't very long after I got a television in my room. And I was like, Ooh. <sighs> and he's like, now I'm not going to put cable in there. But you don't, can don't need your it. Atari 2600 up to like, That's great. That's awesome. Nope. You know, you talk about the Atari 2600 and a specific Christmas memory I have was related to my Atari. So I'd already had the Atari for a few years and it was 1982. Two games that I was dying to play were coming out that year. Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. and E.T. the Extraterrestrial. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you were looking forward to E.T.? Absolutely. Well, we were at that point, of course, yeah. I will still say it is not the horrible game it gets the bad yeah, rap is. for, but that's a different, different story. That, it's a different it is story. horrible, but move on. <laughs> I will say, well, so let, let me finish the story. All so right. here, here's what happened. So my mom, I knew she bought them. I knew she bought them. And they're under the tree. It was like the Christmas where I had the Legos and I could shake all you know through the, the week leading you up. You knew what it was, yeah. And here, like, I see the two cartridges, and she'd, like, put them in a big box. They're cartridges, clearly wrapped in Christmas paper, and I can see them. They're sitting there mocking me. So <laughs> what does young Johnny do Uh-oh. with a razor knife? Oh. I gently cut open the paper, and I open an end, and I get the cartridge, both Raiders and E.T. I did this to two cartridges. I took the cartridge out. You slide it out at the end of the box. Oh. And I put a different, like, combat into it. So it keeps <laughs> the same weight. <laughs> You're such a jerk. And, and I taped it back There's up. There's like the difference between manslaughter and murder in the first degree. <laughs> it's, it was, listen, it was so premeditated. No question about it. And so I sat down and I like, woohoo, I got him ahead of time. Nobody else is home. I have like eight hours home by myself. And I started playing E.T. And I'm like, oh my, it was a disappointment. And so what I remember most about getting them, Raiders, great game. E.T., okay game. Yes, I was a little criminal and I broke into them. Little? What I remember remember is on Christmas like morning, Ocean's 11 opening them, yeah. and I had to feign excitement for E.T. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew what it was going to be. I already knew it was a disappointment, and I had to go, wow, E.T., this is great. <laughs> and I knew it wasn't. <laughs> and he was uh, like, put it in now. I want to watch you play. Put it in now. Like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, hold on. I got to run to the other room and get yeah, it. because <laughs> you got the cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> you pull out the combat cartridge out of it. What yeah. that taught me was the value of patience. You should absolutely <laughs> wait and open your present when you're supposed to open your present. Yeah. Oh, so how about some more electronics? Mo, what else did you get under the tree? So this one is not going to sound exciting, but it really was. <laughs> is This was in, I think it was just before I hit seventh grade. I got a digital watch, an LCD digital wow. watch. In seventh grade, you said, what was that? 1852? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. 1852? <laughs> yeah, 52. Um, or so you're like 12 years old. Or yeah. something like that. Um, but, you know, like, because they had the LED ones that you had to push the button and it had a little red time oh, on it. Oh, yeah. Know. The red right? time yeah. on but them. But this yeah. was the LCD one, which always showed the time. Always on. You have to turn it on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which was relatively new in 1850. It, it was totally new at the time. It was a Timex <laughs> action. And uh, and for some reason, it was just like, I was, it was like one of those things where I was the only kid that had one, which made it kind of cool at the time. What about your 
brothers. Did your brothers have one? No, they didn't care. No, no. Oh, they didn't care. Oh, they, okay. didn't care they weren't. Okay. You know, I was extremely happy with it. And I remember going to school. The thing memory is hitting school because actually it was a brand new school I went to. I just transitioned, I think, to junior high school or something. So it was like something that as a conversation starter. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you meet new oh, people. So, for the so first it helped time. you to make friends and meet yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. I was like, hey, I got this cool watch. And people are like, I mean, oh, if cool. you think about it, that was kind of one of those, especially for young boys, that was like one of those transition to manhoods when you got your first watch, right? You got your first right. wallet. Yeah. You got your first watch. That was one of those things that like, ooh, I'm not exactly a kid anymore. Now I'm slightly responsible. Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, nobody gets a watch anymore. So yeah, slightly. <laughs> the, the, the time of day actually means something to me as a human being. It's not right. just they'll tell me when to go to bed. They'll tell me when to get up. It's yeah, you like you start to care about or at least you have the appearance of caring what time it is. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Now, I, I think I got my dad's like hand me down watch or something. And I've felt like a king wearing a watch. I'm like, I got a watch. Yeah. You nerds don't. Right. But yeah, you had like your it, own. It grown up. Yeah, it does. Now, this wasn't the one with the calculator on it, was it? No, no, no. It was before that. A little, little ahead of that time. Okay, That was in the 1900s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a teenager. <laughs> so, all right. So no, now acknowledge that I'm old. How about you, George? What else did you get? <laughs> well, I did get one other electronic game that I think is appropriate for this list. It came out the year after the Atari 2600. So I did get this one the year it came out. You might have considered it to be a downgrade to the 2600. It definitely is, but it was still a ton of fun. I love this game. It, every commercial out there was for this game at the time, and that was my Electronic Simon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved Simon. That was, you know, Simon says, and you press the green button and red button, green, red, blue, yellow, you know, whatever. I love that so much. I actually stopped playing 2600 for like a day and a half, just playing that game, <laughs> wow. trying to see a whole how day far and a half. I could go with it. Well, you know, it's Atari oh, 2600, no, no, I get you. man. No, I totally yeah, with you, man. Come on, you got to go back. <laughs> but I know that my mother, I've talked to her about this since then, she felt like that they were always trying to get me something better than they got me the year before, which was mm. awesome that they thought that way. Sure. They felt like that they didn't. They felt like that this was a step down from the 2600. But for me, it wasn't. For me, this was an Atari 2600 that I could take somewhere and play with my friends across the street. You know, I could carry this over to their house and we could play with each other. I enjoyed it. I really loved that thing. I still today have little, those miniature knockoff Simon games laying around the house somewhere. And every now and then my wife and I'll pick one up and we'll see who can go further. Because it's not super complex. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's just a matching memory game. But the one you're talking about, like if I'm picturing it, this is the one like it's as big as a Frisbee, like a yeah, pie is. plate. Yeah. And it's like four inches thick thick. It's like huge mm -hmm. and bulky. Big bright color buttons. Like the Atari, it probably had nothing inside of it, but it had the big shiny like candy colored buttons on them. Oh yeah. Yeah, it just had like um, some little switches and a couple little buttons because you could change different game modes right? Mm -hmm. So you could play it like against someone or you could play it just on your own. And then there were different like, you know, music only tones or light only tone. It was so much fun. I, I never played Simon. in the other variations. I only ever played just whatever basic was. Yeah. Do you remember like what was the multiplayer? What else could you do with it? The, the multiplayer, the only thing I remember was that it alternated. So I would get the tones from Simon and I would press the buttons and then you would pass it over to the other person. They would get tones from Simon and they would play. Then they would pass it back and you would go back and forth like that. Okay. They kept adding one to see who could last longer. Yeah, exactly. Did you get the same tones or you both had your own No, special... you got different tones. Oh, that's even worse. Now I got to listen to yours while I'm trying to remember mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Simon. Yeah, it was it was all over TV. It was a oh, yeah. it was one that probably I know I had one. I don't remember like you. I don't remember the Christmas I got it, but I know I had one. I, everybody did. I think you had to. It was I think it was by law. <laughs> You're required to own a Simon. Required, yeah. 
federal government. <laughs> it was just one of those awesome kitsch game electronic things. I mean, that's what the 80s were all about, right? Seven, late 70s, early 80s were all about these kitsch electronic devices that you would get, you know, the portable football electronic games or sure, the yeah. Simons or the 2600s. I mean, that's what that whole generation was when it came to Christmas was all those types of things. Electronics became no longer just the, the arena of technology. The technology mm-hmm. could serve something else. It wasn't just what it did. It was that it could do something entertaining and they just look at my dark tower or look at right. you know, any of those stop thief or any of those cool board games. They said, let's just throw electronics into it. That makes it great. And it did. It actually yes. did. It worked. <laughs> they said, I think they were just trying to figure out because it was all new stuff, you know, so I think they were trying yeah, to figure out right. what they could do with it. So some things bombed, but a lot of the things they did, I think, were just pretty brilliant. Like I said, like Simon was one of them. Hell yeah. What does it feel like to play Simon? You gotta look. Listen. Remember, you gotta react. Repeat. Intense. Gentlemen, I don't think we're going to get away with doing a Christmas toy list if we don't talk about action figures and play sets. Oh, <laughs> Probably yes. one of the best parts of Christmas is getting that new Star Wars figure when you were a little kid. My favorite thing that I ever got that was an action figure slash play set. And God, I wish I still had it to this day. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. My parents probably sold it for five bucks in a garage sale, I'm sure, at some point. But I actually got, when it came out, one of the original Castle Grey Skulls. You had a Ooh, Castle Grey Skull. I did. You son of a bitch. Yes. I know. <laughs> such an That's asshole. Enormous. You know that. <laughs> it was so it's, cool. It's like three foot tall. It's like yep. three yeah, foot it was wide. Monster size, right? And didn't it have like you could like talk into it and change your voice or something? I don't remember that. I remember that have you that? could take the two swords that you got. You know, one from He Man and one from Skeletor. Oh, that's right. and Put them together and put them in the key into oh, the lock that, to the key. unlock the Damn drawbridge. Damn it! That's right. Thing. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> John's like, I want oh, one. Shit. Okay. Anyway, now there's something like five hundred a thousand dollars or some craziness on ebay Jeez. tell me about getting it for christmas so you know it's a giant box as you said <laughs> there's no no hiding yeah. it's a big yeah i'm looking and that's the first box you go to but of course your parents as my parents did you know no open we're up saving these that other one. ones first you know open <laughs> that one up last. <laughs> right and so you're I'm opening dancing up right. on top of this one can i please open this yeah. one <laughs> <laughs> you're opening up socks and you're opening yeah. up underwear and all that kind of stuff oh look i got a digital watch just like my buddy mo got you know that kind of <laughs> Stuff that's, uh, okay, yippee. Yeah, oh, I got another cartridge for my 2600, even though I'm using a Commodore 64 now and stuff. Yay, that's nice. And finally, you get to the big box. And I open that, and I just, I remember peeling down just a corner of it and seeing, like, just black. Because the corner of the box, there was no image in that corner. And I'm like, what the hell is it? So I peeled down the middle, and there's the skull. And so you had, like, no oh. you had no idea. You didn't know it was coming. No, oh. no idea. And I saw that skull, and I'm just like, okay, Christmas is over. I don't know what y'all are going to do, but I'm doing this for the rest of the year. <laughs> Did it take a lot of assembly? Was a lot of put together? I don't remember it being a lot of assembly, but, you know, I'm old now and I don't remember yesterday. So <laughs> I just remember all the fun and having friends over and, you know, you play with your action figures, He-Man and Skeletor. And of course, I was never Skeletor. My goddamn set, I'm always He-Man. So <laughs> it, it was just so much fun. And I'm, I had the little Battle Cat. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Cringer yeah. that became Battle Cringer Cat. Cringer Battle Cat. Sure. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. Love that set. <laughs> Did you collect a lot of the Masters of the Universe? Leading Not so you a had lot of figures? them. Um, yeah. I got, I remember 
I had He-Man, I had Battle Cat, I had Man-at-Arms, I had Skeletor. Uh, so like the mains, the primaries. Yeah, I think I had one that I remembered that like his face turned around and became something different, but I don't remember if Many faces. Yeah. yeah. Yep, Many faces. Oh my so, God. The trivia that's in my brain that is blocking out <laughs> new knowledge is really startling. Oh, that is freaking cool. How yeah. long did you keep playing with it? Did you how long did you have it set up for a long time and use yeah, it? Yeah, I think I probably played with it for about a year or two. And then, like I said, I'm sure that once I quit playing with Jimmy it. Jimmy is still playing with it. <laughs> he said, no, he said he I lost wish. it. Yeah. I don't have it anymore. Oh, but they probably goodness. sold it in a garage awesome. sale, you know, to clear out room for stuff. So Yeah, and at the time you didn't care. There's this window of time in your life where the toys you love and then something else comes along in your teens and your mm-hmm. 20s. And you're like, that's garbage at my mom's house. Right. Listen, if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s, don't let anybody throw that stuff away. No. Because when you get to be 35, you want it all back. Yeah. And somebody on eBay is going to want to charge you 10 times what you paid for it back then. And you'll pay it because yes. you're a sucker and, <laughs> and you want it back. It. <laughs> we know. We know we will pay it because we have paid yeah. it. Oh, God. Mo, how about you? Do you have a, uh, can you rival a Castle Grayskull with the action you know, figure? Okay. The big thing with me, especially with me and my brothers, was uh, getting G.I. Joe's. You know, the big, like the real oh, ones. Oh, sure. You know, the 12 like inch the 12-inch. The, the ones with real inch, fuzz yeah. on their head. And, yeah. and uh, we actually got the one with the Kung Fu grip. Oh. Yeah. And That's the right one. You, we were, that was the balls, man. Let me tell you, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> on top of that, just the whole G.I. Joe set. I mean, we got all the different sets and clothes, and the jungle set, and the, the snow set, whatever it is. <laughs> awesome. I mean, and that was the, the, my memories with that is mostly because it was one of the few things that, because my brothers are a lot older than me, but it was one of the few things that we would play together and have a lot of fun with because they were right at that age where it's like the top of the age thing, and I was just hitting at the bottom part, so there was an overlap. I remember like, because we would all get G.I. Joe's, and we'd set them up and play and play war with each other and mess up the sheets and or the blankets and make those into mountains and stuff. I mean, it was just a blast mm, playing yep. with that stuff. I never had G.I. Joe's. For whatever reason, I went to other kinds of toys and action figures, so I didn't have a Kung Barbie? Fu grip. So can you ex- ex- no, not Barbies, <laughs> but if I had, that'd be totally fine. You would not judge me, <laughs> but I didn't. So explain to me, how did the Kung Fu grip work? It was it was like a lever? Was it a button? Was it a spring? It, it was a, a button on the back. Okay. Like, did the arm snap up when you press the button or something? Or Well, basically, what happened was that G.I. Joe, like back then, the the, uh, the guns and stuff, you basically had like, they had to be like that perfect width in order to fit into the hands. Right. So you jammed, they had one finger kind of out like a trigger and you right. could jam the gun into that palm, but right? But the Kung Fu okay. grip had like a little spring action in it so it could yep. hold different size things like a little oh, clamp like yeah it, like it expanded the grip so right, exactly so the, it could okay. hold like, so you get like so now you have the different weapons you can position to better things like climbing stuff you can actually like hold, have them hold onto a bar and hang oh so he was holding by default and he pushed the button to release right. it so he oh, no, could clamp actually, his more like just, it was just it wasn't i'm sorry thinking back then it wasn't really a button it was just that there was the springs built into the hands okay so that you just kind of pulled them apart and let them go he could hold whatever you yeah, want exactly and that was the amazing thing about it. So I remember we used to have like, we put a rope in it and he actually could hold onto a string. So he always climbing a rope. Because he could. Because he could. So they were able to market a spring in his hand as a feature that drove selling more G.I. Joe's. Genius. No, dude. Genius. It was Kung Fu Grip. All right? <laughs> it wasn't spring. It's Kung Fu Grip. It's Kung Fu Grip. Let's get you this right. You shut up with your spring garbage. <laughs> I wonder what made them determine that it was going to be called Kung Fu Grip. Like, why not Vice Grip or something like that? How did they come up with Kung Fu Grip, I wonder? I mean, just think, I mean, for a kid, teenager, 
teenager or it was the early eighties, oh late seventies, yeah. early eighties. Bruce Lee kung movies, was a TV kung show, fu yeah. Bruce Lee, right? Yeah. And plus, it was a kung fu grip. I mean, come on, how badass can you get? Kung fu grip. It just sounds awesome. Yeah, why would exactly. Oh, we gave him a string holding grip. Oh, really? Who cares? You know? No, no, no it's a kung fu grip. <laughs> so, John, you didn't have GI Joes, but I know you had something. I collected the hell out of Six Million Dollar Man action oh, figures. Yeah, yep. oh, those yeah. are cool because yeah. those are also the really tall ones, also, right? They are right. Yeah. yeah, they're not as are like articulated. They don't have as many accessories, but they were the Six Million Dollar Man. So, shut up, get out of here with your GI Joe garbage. It was awesome because it was bi- Bionic Man. Yeah, I remember one. And correct me, I never had one, but a friend did, and I thought the coolest part was. Didn't he have like a hole in his head that you look through his eye or something? Oh, 100%. Oh, absolutely. So so I'm actually not talking about $6 million man action figure, but since you asked, yes, he had an arm that would lift. He punched the magnet. He had an eye you could look through as a fisheye lens. It made things look further away, ironically. And he had an arm you could roll the like the, the skin, skin up back, on his arm yeah. and he had bionics. Yep. Everything about it. was, it was That's the one Austin. I remember, Come the on. rolling up the skin. Yeah, it was, yeah. was the coolest, creepiest it. thing. Yeah, I mean, and I have replacement skin for my Steve Austin because <laughs> it, 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 it dry rotted. You can buy replacement arm rubber for your you're Steve Austin if you need it. <laughs> okay. And I have some to restore me. Yeah, you can. But the toy that I remember from Christmas specifically was when I got the Oscar Goldman action figure. Really? And he came with an exploding briefcase. Okay, that makes it better. Because <laughs> he was just normally a guy in a suit, right? <laughs> he was just the boss that worked at OSI that gave Steve right. yeah, jobs and here's what you're going to go really. do. Right. It's like Rudy Wells. Like, yeah, he's a scientist, but he's not Superman or anything. <laughs> but Oscar Goldman, if you are serious about playing with Six Million Dollar Man, Oscar Goldman, I mean, he's a confidant. He's the boss. He looks out for Steve. But the cool thing about him, he had a little blazer. He had real socks. He had shoes, all that great stuff. But his exploding briefcase was the coolest shit I had ever seen. And I couldn't wait to get it. And when I opened it, like... How did this work? Yeah. So uh, Christmas morning, I opened the package. It's Oscar Goldman. I open it and I reach past Oscar Goldman and reach down and grab the briefcase and start playing with it. That was the best part. Because like, wasn't it, depending on which switch you opened up, was which side, whether it was the regular briefcase or the exploded one? Yeah, kind of. It was So there was a handle. It, was, it looked like a briefcase, like a big suitcase. There was a handle, and if you turned the handle, and the top would blow off the suitcase, and it opened, and it looked all burned. Like all the mechanics that were torn up and sparks were flying off them, like just printed yeah. on these plastic sheets. But if you closed it and put, it, put that back, if you pulled the handle, out and turned it. Well, that was a different mechanism and a different part of the thing opened and inside were a real headset. There were files. Inside the file folders were papers. It was just so detailed and everything in it was represented on the exploded part. And why is it fun? Hell, I don't know, but it was it wasn't <laughs> didn't come from an episode of the Six Million Dollar Man, but that exploding briefcase is still a white whale that I'm looking for. My problem is I don't want to just get it. I want all the parts of it. Like I need yeah. Oscar Goldman because I want to have the file folders and I want to have the headset and all the cool stuff that made it so neat. Yeah, why why an exploding briefcase? I don't know. I don't, it, you <laughs> I know, mean, I remember the show. I don't remember exploding briefcase at all. <laughs> it's not from the show. I think it's like an espionage thing. It's a Mission Impossible sort of like if you don't know the secret way to open it, it self destructs. I think it's that angle a little bit. I'll tell you okay. why they needed to get some way to sell the figure because yeah. no kid's going to buy the boss unless he has something cool like an exploding briefcase. You're probably right. Every time yep. we've been talking about this, it reminds me of that line from Forty Year Old Virgin where they're walking into his house and he's got all the action figures everywhere. 
And he's like, wait a minute. Is that $6 million man's boss over there? What the hell? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, I don't remember that. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch that. I'd forgotten that. <laughs> I think you're right. Probably is George, it was a way. I mean, I would have bought Oscar Goldman no matter what. But the fact that he had an exploding briefcase made him like the one I had to buy. And right. I got it for Christmas and it was it was awesome. It made me play with Oscar Goldman because he had a reason to be like, he has a secret mission. He has this super briefcase and he has a headset to put on and he has some files for Steve Austin. And it was it was a great Christmas toy. And one that I another one that I, I will reclaim one day in the future, I hope. <laughs> one day it will be mine. Kenner's new Oscar Goldman with exploding briefcase. I have a secret assignment for a $6 million man. It's in my briefcase. Careful, if it's open wrong, it'll self-destruct. Check video scanner. Look out, it'll blow apart. Arr! Oscar Goldman with exploding briefcase, six million dollar man and maskatron, each sold separately. We have just a few more of these fondly remembered Christmas morning toys that we got growing up as Generation X kids. Some of these are classics that went away, but some of them are timeless. And George, you have one that is truly timeless. A kid today would love to get. What did you get one Christmas morning that you remember? I would hope so, just because this one probably influenced my life more than any other gift that I was ever given. Uh, And I'm sure that I was probably like so young that I really don't remember the whole receiving of the gift memory, but I got a baseball glove when I was like five or six years old. Mm. And you guys know I was huge into baseball. That was my thing. I mean, I was enjoyed it so much. Uh, Still to this day, it's probably one of those passions that I, you know, if it hadn't been for injuries, I'd still be playing baseball. You know, well, probably not now. I'd probably be retired by now, but... (laughs) (laughs) But it was, I mean, that baseball glove, I just remember I get that glove and a tennis ball and I go out on the side of our little duplex and I just throw the tennis ball up against the wall and catch it and try and throw it different angles and everything. We never had enough kids to have like a Sandlot movie type moment in our neighborhood. We always had like four or five kids in our neighborhood, not like a whole nine or anything. But everybody got baseball gloves at one point or another. And we were always throwing the baseball out there. And it was just so much fun. I remember that so fondly being outside, playing with my friends, riding bikes with the baseball glove, you know, kind of halfway on the handlebar, you know, holding it as we're riding around to go find a place to throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah, To this day, that's probably one of my favorite gifts of all time. I don't want to be melancholy here. Do you still Mm -hmm. have that glove? Not that glove, no. Do you remember? No? Okay. I still have two or three gloves, but... Do you remember? Can you picture it? Do you remember it? Like the color or everything about it? Yeah, I absolutely remember it. Um, (laughs) It was was a regular uh, infielder's glove, and it was brown. It had a woven pocket, which was a little bit unusual back then. Most of them didn't have a woven pocket. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, the place between the thumb and the index finger, that pocket right there, uh-huh. it was woven with thin leather straps. Oh, as I know what you're talking about. One solid yes. piece. Got it. Yep. yep. Um, which made it a little bit more flexible, a little bit easier to catch the ball. So, I, yeah, I loved that glove. I remember I, I, you know, it was a small, it was a youth glove, so I couldn't wear it forever. Yeah. And eventually, you know, we sold it and I got a better glove as I got older. But, and I still have, I've got two or three gloves here at the house still. I don't use them anymore. They're just sitting around in a box, but just a, yeah. But just a huge influence on you. Do you have any idea? You say you don't remember getting it. You have an idea like how old you were, you said? I think I was five or six. Five or six? Uh, yeah, I know because awesome. I started playing T-ball and I think I was like six or seven. Yep. So it would have been around that same age and all the way up through, you know, Babe Ruth leagues and little leagues and, you know, high school and everything. 
that I played like a little gateway drug that got you into playing baseball. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> it influenced you. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, that's great. And I ended up not using that glove for most of my career. I became a catcher very early on. So a catcher's mitt is completely different than a regular baseball glove. But hmm. just getting that very first one and playing with it. Oh, man. Yeah, I loved it. I have one that I also don't remember receiving, but made a huge impact on me. So so I was born in June. And then my very first Christmas, I was six months old. Clearly do not remember this Christmas. <laughs> but on my first Christmas at six months old, I was given a teddy bear. Just as generic as you could possibly get teddy bear. I, I'm sure I was too young to name it. So for whatever reason, my parents named it for me and they named it Louie the teddy bear. Okay, <laughs> fine. So that teddy bear is six months younger than me. We always said, you know, basically. So when I turn 30 in six months in December, he turns 30. So his birthday is on Christmas. And like that, remember we talked about the magic window that kind of was, it was always with me all my life. Mm-hmm. This teddy bear stayed with me all my life. And so when I was, when I was little, I hugged it and, you know, drooled on it and it was slept with it. And then when I was older, I slept with it. Oh, sorry. I I, I still did. But when I was older, I had action (laughs) figures. You know, I took old cutoff jeans and made blue jeans for him. (laughs) Later, when I was reading comic books, I made a superhero costume for him out of a bandana. And he had a mask and a cape. And all my life, I had the same teddy bear. And today, I have that same teddy bear. Wow. Threadbare, worn, ragged. He still has his I sewed them jeans and cape on, but I thought I mean, he'd have like a Klingon suit or something at this point. No, no, no. <laughs> but at six months old, I got this teddy bear, and wow. you think those things are kind of disposable. Yeah. But for whatever reason, this one stayed in the test of time, and I still have it today. Now, today he's in the closet, so he's, you know, not gathering dust, and I have him protected, and he probably would fall apart if you threw him hard, but it doesn't matter. You know, the, the dry rot and the cracked eye and all that stuff didn't matter matter, you know, and not remembering getting it, but he was also there for every other Christmas when I got everything else I mentioned. Uh, that's, that's one that has been a huge impact and I got it under the tree. Nice. Just a, just a, a wee lad. <laughs> that's cool. Mo, how about you? Give it, give us one more. All right. One more. So this one, this is probably like the best kind of gift is like, you had no idea it was coming kind of gift. No clue at all. Like you didn't know this thing even existed kind of thing. Okay. And it all was right. called, okay. The Ready Ranger Mobile Field Headquarters. Sold. What is it? <laughs> so what it was is- It sounds awesome. It was. It was basically a, a back, like a plastic case that was a backpack, right? And the whole theory is that, you know, of course you're like this outdoor ranger thing. You kind of opens up like a double door, like kind of two doors open up and a little All thing right. flips down so that's your station once you open it up and it had a periscope in it which <laughs> was totally pointless but still cool compass i'm guessing compass it had a, of course I mean, come on, of, dude, of course really? has a compass. i'm a ready ranger i yeah, have a compass, have a compass. <laughs> it had a star chart that i had no idea what it was for it had a uh, a poncho sleeping bag made of that super cheap plastic that made like it was like noisy as hell when you rolled it up yep super super thin super right? super thin um it had yep. a, like a public address horn in it that you could talk and it'll like broadcast your <laughs> thing it had a uh, a flashlight of course and a signal light. And of course I had to have a secret compartment in it to hide stuff. So was this branded anyway? Was this like out of like a TV show or no, a movie? It was just, or was just, it's a, just, toy. just a thing. Just, just a freaking thing. toy. Yep. That's great. And the best thing it had, which I had the most fun with, it had an alarm. You could actually create a triple trip line that Oh. So either you could protect your pack. So if somebody tried to pull your pack up, it would break the trip line and an alarm would go off. Or you could like, oh, I'm camping out at night and I'm looking for bears. So you know, I'm gonna <laughs> put the trip line out there. <laughs> <laughs> this is me in my apartment in New York. Okay. Okay, so this is like, you know, no, a bear could I've come. never seen or heard up. of this 
at all. This sounds really cool. Oh, it it's was. something I would have played with, but I never heard of. I and, and so I never think I had some vague memory of it, but it was one of those things I'm like, okay, you know, it's like not something that was on my I was gonna get or anything like that. And when I got that sucker, I carried around with me everywhere. Like <laughs> it, literally <laughs> everywhere I carried that sucker with me. And it was awesome. And the funny thing was I was looking trying to find it. I mean, they don't make them anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. But I course. did find a guy who actually had one and wrote up did a whole big write-up on it and it brought back every oh, memory of having it so i'm definitely gonna include that link into the show notes i'm gonna read it that sounds cool could now could a uh, could a gi joe fit inside do you think yeah, i don't think so yeah, he could kung fu grip onto the trip line yeah, exactly he, just he could grip, kung fu grip and hold fine. on and carry with you yeah, that's all that mattered <laughs> would my esteemed colleague kindly repeat the question gladly senator what time does we willy winky run through the town trivial pursuit it's more than a game it's a national obsession it's here big bird it's there it's everywhere if there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts and you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to wrap up this backtrack, looking back on some of our favorite Gen X era toys that we received for Christmas. I hope this has spurred some good memories for you, the listener. I know it has for us, uh, remembering back on some of these. Uh, probably going to cost us some money to go back and repurchase some of these now. So that's a side effect of, of going through a show like this. <laughs> or growing old and senile, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> They're not mutually exclusive. We can do both. No. I think we can do both. <laughs> Before we leave, I'd love to take a moment here at the end of the show to express our gratitude for all the folks that support us over on Patreon. And I'm talking about you, Mike R, Agile, Dan, Chad, John with an H, Dana, Corey, Greg L, Blasted or Stashit, Marcus, Slowmo, Greg Z, Levi, Adam, Stu Monkey, Thomas, <gasps> Davis, Keith, Dubaka, Mike C, T2, Will, Stian, and Mark. Woo-hoo. Wow. Wow. That- growing list of amazing <laughs> folks that support us Truly financially the cream on of Patreon society. without a doubt. <laughs> if you would like to join this roster of folks, head on over to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Take a look at the levels. There's some extra content to be had, some swag in some cases. If you pick the right tier, we would love to have you along for the ride and we so much appreciate your commitment to us. We will be back in two weeks with another backtrack, but next week with a regular edition of our show. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know we appreciate you. Oh, man, always fun. Fourth listener, though, we appreciate you most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X Grown-Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. Basically, life sucks as a Co-hosts, Mo. Hey, everybody. <laughs>
<laughs> what happened there? Was there a huge delay on your end? Or is that my imagination? What do you mean? Well, I said Mo, what? and then it like it was like five seconds before you said something. No, no you said it right way. after you said it. Wow. So it's my imagination. Well, let's, let's see. Maybe it's maybe it's normal. <clears throat> so let, let me just say, okay, George, say rainbow. Rainbow. Mo, say unicorn. Unicorn. Okay, it seems fine now. Maybe it was maybe it was, I, maybe I had a maybe I had a stroke, <laughs> had a mini stroke or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I'll just start again been friends for a long time this is a fucking amazon shut up amazon <laughs> even though we kind of run the spectrum of no, that's not us what did i say fucking i was on a roll there fucking alexa um <clears throat> even though I'm we sorry, all have i can't of, do that you're right <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.